Family from the Heart, podcast episode number 102. Hi, this is Paul Young, author of The Shack, and you're listening to Cliff and Stephanie and Family from the Heart. everybody and welcome back to another episode of family from the heart my name is cliff ravenscraft i'm stephanie ravenscraft and we have a special show here for you today uh something a little out of our normal format but uh we've been sharing recently a little bit about our journey with educational options and how things are changing in our family and some decisions might be on our future so Last week, we talked about, you know, the fact that maybe homeschooling might be something we might do for Matthew and and Megan seems to be excelling in school and and we're not quite sure what the future is going to hold for McKenna and how she's going to deal with everything. But, you know, we've always been open to these opportunities for different educational options for our children and and we've never believed in a one size fits all. And through our conversation last week, we mentioned the name K-12 over at k12.com as this online school uh, charter program that you could enroll your kids in. Uh, I know that the state of Ohio had it and or has it and you can actually go there for free. It's an, uh, instead of sending your school, your kid to the school down the road, you can actually enroll your kid on school online and, and I really never knew a whole lot about it. Heard some people talking some wonderful things to say about it. Right. But really just threw it out there. We kind of pulled it up on the website last week. Didn't really know a whole lot about it. But somebody had suggested from our community saying, hey, would be really cool if you guys could do an interview and get somebody from K-12 to come on and explain a little bit about it and answer some frequently asked questions. Right. And so we are very honored and delighted to let you know that we have come up with somebody to talk with over at K-12. In fact, we're going to bring right now, we're going to bring on uh, Jeff and it's uh, Kwitzkowski and he is the vice president of public relationship, uh, public relations, easy for me to say, of K-12. And so, Stephanie, let's just go ahead and get Jeff on the phone. Absolutely. So we have Jeff on the line. Jeff, welcome to Family from the Heart. Glad to be here. Hey, we are very glad to have you here. Uh, my wife and I have uh, three young children ages 10, 8, and almost 5. Almost 5. And we have been back and forth over the issue of our children's education ever since, well, our children were born. <laughs> well, I don't think quite then, but yeah, yeah, very close to right then. We have we have our oldest daughter who excels in the public school system to, I mean, Great. to the nth degree. Great. I mean, she just absolutely eats it up, loves it, and is doing extremely well. Uh, we have our son who is doing more in elementary school along the lines of what I did in elementary school, completely bored to death and uh, just does what's absolutely necessary. And sometimes just below that, just to see what he can mm. get by with. And what's his name? His name is Matthew. Matthew. And your daughter's name is? And our daughter's name is Megan. Megan. It's Megan. And then we have another little one, uh, McKenna. She's in preschool. And, and we don't know which, which end of the road she's going to be in. We've discussed all the opportunities that are available to us. We've talked about, you know, public school. We've just decided, you know, the ideas of private school, uh, mm-hmm. homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then all of a sudden we hear these things like terms like charter school and, and, mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. And 
I'm really clueless as to what K-12 is. I've heard a lot of great things about you, but I, I, I would like to know if you could describe to us what K-12 is. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you've heard a lot of great things about K-12. Uh, you know, and let me, let me uh, by way of introduction, too, for you and, and the listeners, uh, I am a, a, a father of three daughters. Uh, one is about to enter kindergarten, and then I have a, a three-year-old and a newborn. So my wife and I are in the same boat, uh, in, as a lot of families are, including yourself, thinking about education. It really hit us a month or so ago uh, that, oh, my gosh, our, our oldest daughter uh, is going to be in kindergarten next year. And, you know, we, we didn't even get a chance to visit the local school yet. Uh, sort of, you know, time flies so fast before you know it. You know, you're, you're making, you have to make critical decisions about your children's education. Absolutely. That's what we deal with, uh, with tens of thousands of families at K-12 every day. We have uh, parents calling us and uh, say, hey, we, we, we understand you guys have built, built a great curriculum. You talk about, a, you know, that you can deliver a world-class education to children all over the country and all over the world. You have different innovative ways to deliver that education. You empower parents with tools uh, to help uh, their children. Um, you know, what are the options that exist out there? What's taking place and, and, and you know, help me through these difficult decisions. Uh, what K-12 is, is the largest provider of online school programs uh, in the nation in grades kindergarten through 12th grade. We have built a curriculum that we believe is the gold standard. Uh, every lesson, every day, in grades kindergarten through 12th grade in all the core subjects, in uh, foreign language courses, in dozens of elective courses at the high school level, AP, remedial, uh, and we, can, we deliver it using online uh, tools, powerful technology, and also offline materials. And we do this in a number of different ways, primarily through what's known as online schools or online public schools, also known as virtual schools or uh, e-schools or cyber schools. There's different terms in different states. But it's a new trend in education that has been taking off in the past decade where uh, students uh, anywhere in the state can enroll into a school and uh, into one of these online schools and receive everything that they need tuition-free. They're part of the public school system. So they will get at their doorstep in a K-12 program uh, 50 to 60 pounds worth of offline materials, individualized uh, accounts, uh, uh, in email accounts uh, and login accounts so that students can log into their own customized learning plan. They have teacher support. They empower parents to help them guide their children through the lessons. They're part of a larger school community. And because they're part of the public education system, they still take the state tests in proctored settings. Uh, they still have some assessments to do. They have uh, attendance and so forth that they need to, uh, uh, to, to do. But uh, they have much more freedom, much more flexibility, uh, and probably the most uh, important part is they have an individualized education plan for their child that works for them. So for a lot of kids that just aren't succeeding in a brick-and-mortar school, like your son, for instance, who is bored in class, um, uh, you know, this, this could be an option. Uh, for a lot of kids that are excelling faster than their peers in this school and feel like they're being left behind, this is an option because they can customize a program and move at their pace. 
Um, it's, and it, the other part of this, too, is it's an exciting new way to deliver education. Our courses are inspiring courses. They, they make learning come alive. We use you know, technology and, and graphics and, and video, uh, and we capture the imagination of children in a way that, um, you know, I hate to use this analogy, but it's, it's apt today because every parent that has children knows that this it draws children to, uh, uh, you know, children are drawn to video games and to interesting things in technology and on computers and so forth. We're capturing the, those types of delivery mechanisms, and we're building around that excellent learning uh, opportunities for these kids. Uh, our schools are among the fastest-growing public schools in the country. There's close to 70,000 students right now uh, in the U.S. that are using uh, K-12 in online public schools. So I'll, I'll let you sort of fire away because usually what happens is this, this invites a lot of questions. I'm happy to answer those questions, and uh, hopefully um, this will uh, you know, alert a lot more people to options that they may, may not know that they had um, in their state or in their uh, community. Absolutely. Now, one of the things, the, the first time I ever heard of K-12, um, I, have you, is it ever called a charter school? Is that, is that another term? Yeah, these public schools, that uh, these online public schools are, most cases, they're charter schools. Okay. So they're governed by an independent nonprofit board that receives a charter from some state-approved entity, either a state board of education or a school district or a university, and then contracts with K-12 to provide what we call the turnkey solution which is all of our curriculum, our technology, and our school services, meaning that we will hire teachers, train them, provide professional development for them, and manage the day-to-day operations of that school. And a lot of charter schools, charter boards, uh, and school districts, for that matter, uh, contract with us to do that because of the decade-long expertise and experience we have in delivering high-quality online school programs. Excellent. So, so, um, and that, so this is definitely where I heard about K-12 for the first time, because uh, I, I heard it advertised uh, on the ra- local radio stations here for the state of Ohio, because we, yeah. we live in a tri-state area. We live in northern Kentucky, which yep. is, is five minutes from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we heard a lot about it from that. Um, now, obviously, you guys are available and eligible in the state of Ohio. You're not necessarily available for this free tuition and 60 pounds worth of materials yeah. delivered to your door in every state. Um, w- you know, first of all, a selfish question here just for me. Are you available in the state of Kentucky? Well, we are, but not as an, an online public school, not, not tuition free. Uh, but there are opportunities for parents in, uh, in states where K-12 isn't offered through an online public school to purchase courses individually or to enroll into the K-12 International Academy, which is our uh, private school. Uh, same curriculum, excellent teachers, accredited. Uh, however, it, it is, a, it is a, a, a private pay. In 25 states, uh, plus the District of Columbia, K-12 is offered uh, at, through an online public school. But there are, unfortunately, too many states that do not have the policy framework available uh, for either a district or a charter school um, to offer a, a program that uh, would be accessible to families statewide uh, tuition-free as a public school program. Where can folks... Uh, you know, we're hopefully, you know, every year more and more states are adopting policies that will enable online public schools to be available. 
it is, in, in our view, the most public of all public schools in that regardless of where you live, let's look at the state of Ohio, for instance, regardless of where anyone lives in Ohio, whether you're in, in an urban area, a rural area, uh, a, 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 a higher-income suburban area, it doesn't matter. As long as you are a resident of that state, you can get a world-class public education right out of your home, connected with excellent teachers, uh, and, and collaborate with students across the state. You just don't get, get that in any other public school or any other private school, for that matter. And that's an exciting new school choice opportunity for a lot of families. Right. And and I'm actually, I, I went through and I browsed your site here. And if I go to k12.com and click in schools and programs, mm-hmm. I noticed that if I, I scroll down, um, well, there actually there's an option for online public schools. So if you click on that option, I can see the states that you have listed here. And of mm-hmm. course, my wife and I have been talking, of course, I've been talking to her about moving to Tennessee, but uh, see, Tennessee is <laughs> not even there, but we have Indiana yeah. and Ohio are both there. Uh, so, okay. So that's, yeah. And there tends to be a lot more in the Western states and, um, you know, there, there's a number of reasons why, and unfortunately too much of it has to do with politics and, you know, policies and so forth. I think, you know, at the end of the day, the growth of online learning, it is one of the fastest segments in, in, in education. Online learning is growing at an incredibly rapid pace. You take a look at what's happening at the higher education level, every respectable, uh, college university in the country is offering some type of online learning now. Um, K through 12 education, unfortunately, is always slower to adapt. Uh, 15, 20 years ago, nobody would have ever thought about banking online, shopping online. Uh, those are the types of things that, that uh, uh, have emerged in their commonplace now. Even my mother <laughs> if I, trusts banking online. Um, you know, education is, is, also, is not immune to the power of technology and innovation, uh, and it's the, the you know we're we're very hopeful that in the future um, every state will adopt a policy framework that will enable charter schools districts to contract with K twelve to offer our world class education to families tuition free. Absolutely. Now I'm looking at the site. It says, what are the costs for these online schools? I'd just like to read this from the site. It says here, because they're a part of the public school system, system, online public schools are always tuition free. The entire curriculum is provided free of charge. And in many cases, a loaner computer, printer, and internet access are also provided. And if I can do this really fast, just for our audience who are listening, because I know that they're interested in hearing this, uh, I'm going to read the states that you have listed that are uh, available. So if you live in Alaska, Arizona, uh, Arkansas, California, Colorado, District of Columbia, Columbia, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Nevada, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Mm-hmm. There you That's go. That's true. Why- now, and there's a couple other things, too. I encourage listeners to go to the K12.com website, click on your state, and there, in some cases there may not be a school that is available statewide, but there may be programs that are available in your local district. We also partner with dozens of school districts across the country to offer a program, but they may not be available to offer those to students outside of that school district. So if you're lucky enough to live in one of those school districts uh, that does offer the K-12 program, um, you know, then you can talk to your district um, uh, administrators and uh, find out how you can access that. And then, of course, as I said before, 
Uh, K-12 is available uh, either by single courses uh, or the full curriculum uh, through purchase directly from K-12. That's often used for supplemental. We have foreign language courses starting at grade three uh, that are very, very cool uh, courses uh, that can be uh, done online. Um, So, you know, there's also opportunities from a supplemental standpoint, but we do have a growing number of folks families inside the U.S. and across the world that are enrolling into our private school as well. Uh, and it's a lot less expensive than some of the most, uh, you know, the, some of the some of the, uh, the, the larger, more well-known private schools. Um, and, uh, and that's the other thing, too, I would add, too, on these online public schools, um, you know, that they are actually, they cost less, so that's actually saving the taxpayer money which is an important concept in this day and age where education budgets in every state are being squeezed. Uh, online schools receive probably about uh, 30% less in total funding than an average student in a brick-and-mortar school. Uh, so it saves the state tax dollars, uh, and yet students can receive an, a world-class and full comprehensive education uh, in these online public schools. It's really a win-win for everyone. Now, the, the private schooling option, uh, the, where you have the full curriculum, everything's the same. The only thing is, is that you're paying for it. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. And, um, but it is an accredited institution, uh, you know, a diploma-granting institution. Okay. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, everything is there. You still receive teachers uh, and, and teachers, you know, that are, that are highly qualified in all the subject matters that they teach. Um, so... So, so let me ask you uh, now, how is this different from homeschooling and just mm-hmm. having curriculum? Okay, very good question. Now, I, I, I would add that you know, there are a number of, of private homeschool families that purchase K-12 for either individual courses or as their, as their primary curriculum. So we have that option as well, too. Um, but if you enroll into an online public school using K-12, it's the same curriculum. However, uh, because it's a public school program, there's accountability built into it. So you have a teacher uh, that you, you work with that uh, helps to you know, work with the, with the parent uh, and ensures that the student is making progress and so forth. There's some attendance uh, uh, that, that needs to be taken to ensure that, for instance, students are logging on and going through the work that they have to do. And probably most importantly, they, they take the state tests, and that's part of the accountability system that all public school students do. We do that very differently. Uh, obviously, kids in public schools, and you know this with, with your daughter, I'm sure, who's taken state tests already uh, at her age, she, uh, she would just take them right in her school building. When you have kids scattered all across the state, it's a little bit more difficult, although we do an excellent job in doing so. And we'll, 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 we'll use community centers, libraries, in some cases even local schools that are in the area of where those students are all across the state and uh, send proctored uh, teachers out there to proctor those exams over a course of a week or two. Uh, so we try to make it as accessible and easy for the parent as possible. They haven't gotten to the point yet where they can do state assessments online, deliver them in that way. Uh, that's not because uh, our issue, that's just a state you know, policy we have to follow. Right. But, but a lot of folks, a lot of families recognize these are minimal intrusions uh, and you know the, the benefits of the flexibility, the self-pacing, the individualized learning opportunities that um, these online schools provide uh, far outweigh any of the you know state requirements that may exist. 
Now, Jeff, let me tell you something. My my son, who is in the third grade, came home uh-huh. last night and he's like, Dad, can you help me answer this question on my math homework? And I'm sitting there <laughs> reading this question. And, you know, obviously I'm doing pretty well today, but I just could not come up with an answer to that math question. <laughs> now, now, because my son's sitting there, you know, maybe just on the computer going through curriculum and stuff like that. I mean, how how is he learning? I mean, what what am I as a parent responsible for in teaching him through this material? Well, this that's the beauty of it. It's it's uh, this is the burden is not on the parent to create curriculum or um, you know be the primary teacher in that respect because this curriculum is extremely comprehensive and very detailed. And it, it, in most cases, it's helping the child walk through those lessons, especially children at a younger age like your son, Matthew. Uh, and then there is always teacher support available. So, and, and parents and students are regularly communicating with their teachers via phone, email, IM. And we also have web-based technology uh, where teachers are teaching a class online and, and the students can actually see the, the, the teacher writing on her, on her whiteboard up, up on the computer and see, for instance, fractions or sentence structure as he's teaching to a group of students that are all across the country. And those students have the opportunity using microphones uh, built right into their computer, which, by the way, uh, in these schools, in many cases, are sent, computer systems are sent directly to the students and families as well, too. Um, so they can, uh, you know, communicate or with their other classmates, with their, with, their, with their teachers in that way. So, for instance, uh, if your son was enrolled into an online public school using K-12 and uh, he had a question about the math and you weren't able to answer that question, you have a teacher, an expert in that field that you can call, that you can email, that you can uh, uh, communicate with using web-based uh, interactive technology to help your child go through and, and uh, understand that concept before moving on. All right. The other thing is, is and Stephanie, please interrupt and, and okay. jump in with any questions. Do you, well, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm taking it all in. I really am. Um, I'm pretty much convinced right now that this program was created for our son. Um, <laughs> Your son, Matthew. Our son, Matthew. Yes. Yeah. He's, um, you know, he's eight years old. It is his technology, like his dad, is his God-given talent. Mm. And... Um, I really think that he could, he could thrive in in a program like this. Um, obviously, we either need to move to a state, <laughs> to another state, or or, or you know research right, research the private school and, and stuff like that. But um, but it, it it makes it it gets me excited. It does because he is so um, he is so tech minded anyway. And then, like you were saying before, you know, in an age where, you know, every kid knows how to play a video game and, you know, and, um, and our, our, I can't even, I can't, I'm excited. I can't even put my thoughts into words, but <laughs> well, um, I mean, let me, you know, we talk to families like this all the time and, you know, we have all types of families that come to us. A common question is often what type of child excels in this program? And my answer is all children. Uh, it, it you know, we have all types of children, and, you know, 70,000 different reasons why a child would enroll into one of these schools. And each child is different. Each child is unique. Uh, all educators and all parents know that. The problem, I think, with education, for too long we've tried to create a one-size-fits-all system 
uh, and even in a classroom setting, the teachers, you know, most teachers do an incredible work uh, trying to reach each, each one of those students. But nevertheless, in that system where they're in a classroom, uh, there's a chalkboard there, and everybody has the same books, and everybody has to learn at a 40-minute schedule and then move on to the next subject. Everybody takes the same quiz. All of those types of things, it's very difficult to differentiate instruction, to individualize instruction. This is the beauty of K-12. This is the great thing of online learning is that you can get that individualized learning. If Matthew, your son, was really excited about a science lesson and a science concept, there's nothing, there's no bell that rings that says he now has to stop thinking about science and move to math. He can right. keep going with that. He can go deeper into that. And then, you know, you, your schedule is flexible so that you can get to your math. You can do your math later in the day. If math is a subject that kids struggle with, often they do, but they... They, they may need to, you know, take some time to rest and decompress during the day and then go to a math lesson. Or they may be better served, um, you know, they may, may need to take 10, 15, 20 more minutes on a concept in the lesson. There's nothing that prevents them from doing it. They don't have to feel a stigma of raising their hand and saying, teacher, I don't get it, and feeling all the kids, oh, right. you know, little Johnny doesn't get it. We have to go back and do it again. Or uh, Johnny has to now stay after school to do a study. You know, all of those things are very difficult uh, for children, especially as they're, they're growing and they're maturing and they're kind of getting a sense of themselves and they don't want to feel like they're the outside uh, person. Same thing with a child that's excelling. Uh, this is the beauty of it. Uh, you know, I, our hope is that we can get into Kentucky and into, into Tennessee so that families like yours won't have to, you know, think about, um, you know, or, or, or you know, be, frankly be denied the opportunity that families in other states have been able to have uh, and, you know, we're hopeful that policymakers are going to respond to the needs of parents, the individual needs of students, uh, and embrace more policies that are going to allow for online schools to, uh, to be a part of their public education system. It really, it really needs to be the way, because I think that we're doing our kids a disservice. Um, I, th- these are the next people who are going to be, you know, running our nation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shouldn't we educate yeah. them in a way that works for them? But um, my question to you right now is: um, you talked about they they still take the state testing and all this. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm finding in our I love how you say brick and mortar school <laughs> that we're in right now, which I love. I I don't want. Mm-hmm. I love our school. We have had struggles with our elementary school. Um, in concerns with Matthew, but I do love the school and, and the teachers that we've had thus far. So I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm bashing the school, but in our state, in our County, in our school system, they're not teaching our children to, to, um, what's the word I want to retain the information. They are teaching our kids how to take a test. Everything, everything is about how to take that test, which for us comes up in like two weeks. I think right. our, our state testing is in um, early April. Maybe it's late April, but it's coming up. And um, everything revolves around taking this test. So they're not learning, um, you know, that fractions are their friends and, and how, right. how, how to, you know, multiply and divide fractions. They're learning how to explain their results for the test. Am, am I making... It's a, it's, yeah, it's a very okay. good point. A couple of things I want to address. I, I, too, want to say that, you know, you know K-12, first of all, from the, most kids are going to be successful in brick-and-mortar schools. I certainly won't, don't want to discount 
the, the right. excellent schools out there and the teachers are doing a fine job, um, you know, that's, that's always and will forever be an important part of, uh, of education. Absolutely. This is just not, a, it's not to replace that model. It's to suggest that there should be additional options and choices for parents because not every child learns the same way. But you're, you're very right about the, the, the teaching to the test. The way we approach it is a lot different. Uh, we have created a curriculum that we believe meets or exceeds the state standards. We have flexibility built into to the, to the model. But what we're doing is we are teaching concepts that are like building blocks for the students to learn. When you, get a, when, you get a, a, when you take the assessments up front to determine where a child falls within the K-12 curriculum, they, are not, they may be placed in a grade because of their age, but we're designing a curriculum around them. They're not necessarily taking, because they're, they're age-appropriate for second or third grade, they're not taking a second-grade math or second-grade language arts if they're you know, behind or uh, we can adjust it such. Uh, we do have test prep. You almost have to have test prep uh, in this day and age where you know, children are taking the state tests and proficiency is such an important part. But hopefully that gets changed and adapted. Our, our model is to teach concepts to ensure that the child has mastered that concept, 80% of those concepts in that lesson before moving on to the next lesson. Okay. And we can adjust our curriculum such for each individual state so that we're ensuring that those students are introduced and have worked through those concepts before they're taking those state tests, but we're not teaching to the test in our curriculum. Okay. And finally, I would add that I also do work at the federal, we're right here in Herndon, Virginia, right near D.C., uh, and I, I do some work at the federal level, too, and kind of ear to the ground about how they're going to be reforming um, the what's called Elementary, Secondary, and Education Act, also known as No Child Left Behind, right. which established these proficiency standards. And I think there's a lot, there's some good things in there, and there's also some things that ha- need to be adjusted, and I think there's unanimous, unanimous agreement on that. I hope part of that is to get away from this sense of one test, one year, and you determine whether your child's proficient or not in critical subjects. I would hope that it in turn becomes more of a growth model, which has been talked about a lot too, where, so, so that a student can, you, you, you're, you're a, assessing throughout the school year and throughout the course of a number of years if that child is making the, the progress that he or she needs to make in order to have the skills and the knowledge ready to, uh, to go to the next level. That's really the core of our curriculum and our educational philosophy is to do that, create those building blocks. We introduce concepts, for instance, um, difficult concepts of quantum mechanics that will be taught in you know, physics, uh, AP physics, and then on into college. We're teaching those concepts at the early grades, in grades three and four and five, in a way that a, three, that a third and fourth and fifth grader can kind of understand but they're introduced to those concepts early on so that they have that knowledge base when they're learning about the more difficult concepts later on. And it's not all thrust upon them at 10th or 11th or 12th grade as a completely new concept that right. they need not, not to struggle and understand. Great. I'll tell you, I've got a couple of additional questions here. Yeah. Uh, first, you know, you mentioned I love the idea that it's individualized, that a, a student doesn't have to feel the pressure to keep up with all the other students, they can you know, spend more time on certain things and, and less time on others and, and, and to move along according to, you know, how fast they're picking up. Um, the question I have is, is what, you know, what kind of, um, 
number of hours during a day is is a an average child with K-12 curriculum going to spend on schooling throughout the day? Mm-hmm. That's a very good question. Uh, it, it depends. Uh, it's usually around four to six, um, but oftentimes the, you know, students will go longer because they're, they're enjoying a particular subject. In some cases, there are some uh, requirements of certain amounts of time, uh, and those are requirements that are usually based upon state laws and regulations. But for the most part, it's about four to five hours, uh, I would say. Um, and uh, that seems to be, you know, a good amount of time. And usually that's a flexible time as well, too. So students can learn two hours in the morning, take some break, learn some time later on, uh, weekends, nights as well, too. Is this all tracked by logging in and stuff like that for the states that Correct. require that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's about logging in. You log in. For, and, and, again, depending on the, the particular requirement for, this, for that state, and that's something that the teachers and the administrators of each individual school work with the parents on. Uh, they, you know, they'll log in their attendance, uh, and then as they're doing their lessons, um, and they complete those lessons, the progress bar for each one of the uh, subjects uh, for that child's individual learning plan will 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 grow. So you can actually see if you logged in to um, uh, to to your to your online school for your child, you can see the progress that that child. Is, first of all, you can set the schedule right for that day, for that week, for that month. And you can adjust that schedule accordingly. Uh, and then you can f- see the progress bars for each one to see how much more I need to do to get to the end of the week or to the end of the month or so forth. And uh, if you miss a lesson, the um, online school will adjust it accordingly so that you can understand how much more you need to do to be able to catch up to that. Okay. Uh, that flexibility, you know, that, uh, that individualized and customized learning is extremely exciting and um, uh, you know it's a very very appealing part of our program okay another question is grades um how how do how do we i mean one of the things that i really don't like right now um with my son being in third grade he does not get like what i traditionally know as you know my my a's my b's my c's it's it's just progressing with help or area of strength and and stuff like that how how do you guys provide feedback on their progress? Uh, do you give grades? Uh, well, well, the teachers do assessments uh, of that child and, and and diagnose the progress of that child. But it's not the traditional grades and you know report cards and so forth that you know maybe you had when you were at school. Certainly, I did when I was at school, and uh, and and that we can remember uh, because it is based upon mastery. Uh, it's a mastery based approach. Um, okay. So students uh, will move on. They'll go through their lesson. There's an assessment built in after their lesson. And if that child has, has mastered those concepts, then they're moving on uh, in that way. And, and, and when you talk about, um, you know, grade level as well, too, uh, that's, that's another important key is, is that uh, you may have a, fifth, uh, a seventh grader that is still struggling some math, and we can help get that child up to progress, uh, up to grade level. Uh, for that math and so forth. Um, so there's a number of different ways we can do it, but it's not the sort of traditional way in which you think about where if you're this age, you're in this class, and you're going to take these lessons with everybody else, uh, and then you're going to be graded accordingly in that way. Uh, it's significantly different, and uh, I think it's for the better. Do you have um, a lot of parents, and I, I, I'm assuming so, but do you have a lot of parents out there who have some children that are in public school, but they have, they've got certain children in the K-12 curriculum. 
That's a very good question. Absolutely, we do. A, a lot of families um, have, you know, more than more than two, three, four kids, and all of their kids are doing great in the public brick and mortar school that they're assigned to. But the one child just isn't. It's not working for them for one reason or another. There's a better solution. They use this solution, and it works. And, and that's probably the, the best stories because there's a sense out there that these schools, online schools, or K-12, are primarily for families that have decided to homeschool their, all of their children. Uh, and and sure, certainly we have families that, that do that. But uh, there's a growing number of families that are recognizing that online learning is becoming mainstream. It's, it's an option that may not be for every child, but, you know, if it works for their child, I'm so glad it's an option for, for me. That's how I feel as a, as a parent as well, too. And, you know, I have three young girls. I don't know exactly how they're, gonna, they're going to, you know, uh, progress with their education, but I want to be able to have options. My wife and I want to be able to have options for Absolutely. each one of those girls. And, and I think that is such an important concept, important part, and I think for too long we haven't listened well to parents, to moms and dads who have been, who have been saying, you know, I, I'm not against one type of education over another. I just want to be able to have different options for my, for my different kids. And understanding that our kids are different, you know. I, mm-hmm. I love when um, we were reading the About Us, which I – already moved away from now and let's see if I can find it really quick. Um, oh, on our website? On your website, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember which my favorite one was, but but knowing <laughs> that that our, our kids in, in um, under the About Us and then if you scroll down to the <laughs> We Believe, one of them was just my favorite. It just stood out, but um, knowing that our kids are different and, and wanting the best for each of them in their way, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that that is important as parents, and I don't think I knew that going into parenting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does mm-hmm. that make sense? I, it, it took yeah. me a while to realize that, okay, they really are all different. And just how we have, um, you know, in, in raising our children and in our in our, our disciplines and, and the things that, that are a standard in our house, we have a standard set of, set of rules that everyone, that they're all three accountable to, but they all three get to them in different ways. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, I know that having to discipline my girls. <laughs> um, some, some, you know, my oldest responds differently mm-hmm. to a, a one type of discipline. My, my middle child responds in another way. And the baby will um, respond in a completely different <laughs> way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, it, 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 within education, look, I think we can all agree that there's some things that regardless of where you go to school need to be taught, need to be a part of the core part of their learning right? They need to know math. They need to understand uh, English and language arts. They need to have a, 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 a understanding and, and a, frankly, in this day and age, a real love for, for science and math. Mm-hmm. And those are important parts of our information age to, uh, uh, world now. Um, our history. Uh, th- those are, and then, of course, when you get into the electives, you can give you know, the opportunity for a student to kind of you know, have more opportunities to choose what areas of their interest. But you know, whether that's in a home school, a private school, a brick-and-mortar public school, or an online public school, those are important parts of, of education. The difference is we talked about just like with discipline, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be able to approach education and approach those learning, learning those concepts for each child differently. 
And if you can do that, and if you can find the right solution for that child to learn science, to learn math, to learn English and language arts in the way that best serves them, their learning styles, that, that is where you've gotten to the point where you're serving the, uh, the, the, the children the best. That's how you can improve public education in an, you know, an incredible way. And, and frankly, you, you make the job of parents and teachers that much easier. I have two two more questions for you here, and yeah. and we'll slowly wrap up. Um, and first of all, um, you know, of course, there's this old debate about you know year round school and and you know the schools that take you know summers off and stuff like that. The advantage disadvantages of both and all this stuff. What about um, your program? Is there a difference between private schools and public schools and stuff like that as to if there's like a you know month and a half break during the summer? What, what goes on there? Well, in, in most of the online schools, we're following the traditional school schedule uh, that other, uh, other public schools do, and that, that's done for a number of different reasons. And again, it's, there's flexibility there, right? So you can have a student that, that can enroll midway through the year in some cases. If, if their other education program or school wasn't working out, they can enroll. And we can, do some, we can you know, help get that child to where they need to get to. Um, we do have summer school programs as well, too. But for the most part, it covers the traditional calendar year. You know, it, would be, it would be great to get to the point where I think all, all of education could be flexible enough that it doesn't need to necessarily follow a rigid school calendar. Um, but a lot of things follow that. Regulations, funding, you know, there's a lot of things that are tied into this uh, traditional, you know, school calendar and in some cases even school day calendar. Yeah. And then- within that, we're, we're still the most flexible type of, of, of education model that you can really get in public education. My other question is, let's just say if we lived in the state of Kentucky or Tennessee, what can we do and who do we contact to talk to the people that make these decisions? Um, Who who is it that we talk to? That's a very very good question. First of all, most education policy is created at the state level. Uh, So your state legislature... Uh, your whether it's folks in the, I don't know if they call it in, in Tennessee or Kentucky, if it's the House or if it's an assembly, um, but your elected officials that represent you in your state capital uh, are are folks you need to contact. Um, and you know there's some there's some uh, uh, some good um, uh, uh, literature out there. I would point you to a, uh, uh, an, uh, an organization called INACOL. That's I N A C O L. Org. That stands for International Association for K-12 Online Learning. There's some great literature up there about uh, online schools and online learning. Uh, some states would, would say, like in, even in Tennessee and even in Kentucky, say that, oh, we have online learning. But it's not the type of online learning that we've been talking about here today where a student can receive their full education online. Uh, they may have state-led programs where they're offering a single course or two to a high school student. But that is usually as a supplement to learning in a brick-and-mortar school where they may be able to take an AP course or a remedial course or so forth from a state entity. Um, but the, to, to get to the point where uh, parents can have multiple school options, not just programs or courses, but multiple school options, uh, there often needs to be 
changes in state law. So very simply, calling your state legislatures and saying, look, we want to be able to introduce online charter schools, statewide online schools in grades K through 12, like they have in Ohio and Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Uh, those are some other states that are sort of in, in nearby. Uh, Virginia has been working on legislation to expand opportunities for, on, for online public schools. Nice. That's an important concept. And uh, other policymakers, district officials. It's perfectly appropriate to go to your superintendent or your school board members and say, hey, you should take a look at uh, a program like K-12, and can we bring them into the district and offer this as a full-time online school program that will help serve kids who are otherwise not well-served in a classroom setting. I love it. Hey, you know, I have one question that was called in by somebody in our community. I'm going to play their question here. Her name, she's actually in our chat room today as well, I believe. But here's her, here's her question. Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Stephanie from Tennessee, um, writer mom, TN, on Twitter. I'm calling for the Family from the Heart podcast, and I have a question for your K-12 interview. Um, our son Isaac will be a freshman at a public high school next year. Uh, we were mapping out his four-year plan to make sure he takes all the classes he needs for college that he wants to attend. Um, there aren't a lot of classes for him to choose from, for example, uh, foreign language classes. We were looking at the K-12 website and like the variety of classes that he could additionally take that would satisfy the state requirements for graduation. My question is, when he applies for college, would the K-12 credits apply to his existing high school transcript or a separate transcript? Okay, thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. That's a very good question. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very, very good question. Uh, well, the answer is I, I don't know exactly. You'd have to check with the district. Um, and then in some cases, too, the college uh, that, uh, that they would go to, you'd have to check that as well, too. But in most cases... If the district offers the program, so if the district were to offer the, the K-12 program to the students in that district, it would, be, it would be covered, it would be part of that high school's transcript, and it would be um, uh, accepted by the university. Uh, if the parent were to purchase an individual course from K-12, uh, again, our program is accredited, our courses are all, um, uh, are, are all approved, and they're transferable, but it is something that because the student is enrolled full-time into a district, they need to check with their administrators on that. Right. Well, gosh, Jeff, I really appreciate all this information here. Um, Great. Th this really opens my eyes uh, to a lot of opportunity and options that, that I did not know that were previously available. Um, and and obviously, there's a lot. We got us. a lot discussing We've coming got a, up. Exactly. <laughs> But, uh, Jeff, if, if people want to find out more, what, what do you suggest is the best thing? Just head, head over to the website? Yeah, really going to k12.com. That's k12.com is the best way to go. Uh, you can find, you know, where K-12 is available in the United States, and you can get a sense of our curriculum. You can look at some courses. You can see video testimonies from parents and, uh, and students. Uh, there is a lot there. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, and then, you know, feel free to give us a call if you have questions about, um, uh, about how to enroll uh, or, you know, just trying to discuss different options. Our customer care representatives can certainly help with that. And then for those that wanted to be active, as we talked about before, don't be afraid to contact your superintendent, local teachers, uh, state policymakers about these options. As I said before, our, our, 
you know, the, the, the most important principle here is to expand educational options and opportunities for students. Online learning is growing. It's fast. Uh, it's, 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 uh, uh, you know, it's proven. And, um, you know, parent demand is growing in, in incredibly. And our goal, our mission is to serve as many families and students uh, as we can with our curriculum. Excellent. Well, I, I'll tell you what, I, we're very excited about this information. Since, Stephanie? Um, I just want to say really quickly, since um, we are pointing people to the website, that mm-hmm. when I was told about um, K-12 and to check it out um, online by a friend, I was so impressed by the website and how all Great. the information is easy to find and it's bright and vibrant and, and inviting to look at. And so I just want people, it, it's, it's a very nice website to even, as you're reading up on the information, that's all. Great, great. Uh, One thing I would add, too, I didn't necessarily address with that caller is the, you know, she addressed foreign language. Uh, I'm not sure I talked about it during this during this past hour, but that is an incredibly important part of education now, especially in today's uh, global economy. Uh, We have a world class uh, uh, foreign language offering from starting at grades three all the way up through 12th grade in some of the most popular languages, including Chinese. Uh, which, you know, you don't find many elementary schools that are able to offer that, or even high schools for that matter. So these are the types of individual opportunities and full-time online school programs that K-12 can offer. And, uh, uh, yeah, so please encourage all, of our, all those folks to go to the website, and we sure hope that, um, that you can join us in some way. Excellent. Thank you again, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Wow, that was that was a lot of fun, Steph. That was a lot of fun. That was good. That was, um, that's yeah. a lot of information. A lot of information. Before before we follow up with some discussion initially after okay. that, give our initial reactions to the interview here. Uh, I just want to say a very special thank you to Mardell.com. M A R D E L dot com. Uh, the one of the leading providers of uh, Christian education as Absolutely. well uh, to you know providing things both the sp- the public school teachers and the public school system, as well as providing additional resources to homeschooling families. And, and, uh, you know, Mardell.com is more than just an online Christian bookstore. They are they're Well, they're just a whole lot more than that. And you've heard us talk about Mardell. They have made this podcast possible. And we just mentioned last week that they signed up for another six months of sponsorship. Uh, folks, if you are enjoying Family from the Heart, uh, would you do me a favor and please consider heading over to mardel.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com. Browse around there the next time you're looking for some materials like such as Christian books, Bibles, gifts, uh, homeschooling materials, all of that stuff, um, apparel. I mean, just all kinds of great things. And use promo code GSPN. Again, that's promo code GSPN. PN in the shopping cart. That's important because that helps them track the response uh, and the effectiveness of their sponsorship of this podcast. And so uh, we really appreciate it when you do that. And uh, starting this coming month, we'll start getting reports, uh, you know, on on how things are going there. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But I, I've I've heard good things about what you guys are doing. Uh, and by the way, this is not affiliate marketing in any way. Th- these people directly, uh, the folks at Mardell listen to Family from the Heart. They're members of the gspn.tv community. And in fact, Daryl Darnell is a GSPN Plus member. So I, I just want to throw that out there. This is a friend. This isn't just an advertiser. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't take on advertisers for GSPN. This, this is actually a full-blown sponsor. And uh, we appreciate them. So, Stephanie... 
Yeah. That's a lot of information. That is so much information. But I have to tell you that literally, just like I said, as I was sitting there listening to him or sitting here listening to him, I'm I'm like, we have to we have to move. I, I told you on our walk the other day we could move to South Carolina, which is one of the listed states. Okay. So I'm like, we have to move or we have to start right now um, stalking our legislator. Yeah, I can speak until it's offered in our state. Yeah. This is, I mean, do, do you not see that this was designed for Matthew? I, that, well, it's, this was designed for me when I was in school. That's for well, sure. You're, it's too late for you now. It's too late for me. <laughs> I, I want to go back to school. <laughs> um, but, but I just, I get really excited about it. But not only um, now where, yes, Megan thrives in the, in the public school and is doing fantastic there. But listening to him talk about how, you know, they can move along at their own pace. And so if she wanted to move ahead faster than than she could, and I think that she wants to, but she is held into those, you know, Megan, where Matthew is, is pulled along and missing the information because he has to keep up with the other ones. Megan is hitting the wall because she wants to break through, but has to, am I making sense to mm-hmm. you? Yeah, absolutely. Are you listening? I to am me? listening to you. <laughs> okay. Got you. I need the eye contact. I, I really well, do. I'm, but, uh, but no, so that's what I'm saying. I've, I'm already seeing like ways that it is beneficial to our two children who are already in school. Right. Um, do I believe that it would be beneficial to McKenna also? Absolutely. Do I want to teach that child to read? Absolutely not. Uh, I'm just like, we'll send her to kindergarten and we'll get it done. But um, that's just my own. Yeah. See, see, I, you know, he talked about, you know, the burden of the parents for teaching is, you know, it is it, the burdens on this, on the curriculum. It's on the school system. Right. You know, and, and, you know, I'm not necessarily down with that completely. I, you know, I, I think it, the burden of well, educating I think that our we children would still be involved as much as we are now. I think that we would be more involved than we are now because we're still with them as they're doing the work. Right. It's not like last night when Matthew brought home his math paper and we helped him do the work, but then he had to explain it. And neither one of us could help him explain why it was helpful to him. Right. And I'm like, you know, um, because I wasn't there for the lesson. I didn't sit in the class. I didn't hear what she was saying to them. I'm pretty sure Matthew was sitting in the class and still didn't hear what she was saying to them. But um, but I think that there is while the responsibility and the teachers are available for them there's still you can be as much or as little involved as you feel necessary. Right. Yeah. What all I was saying though, uh, was that I, I, I'm, I think that we as parents, it's our responsibility as parents to make sure our kids get the best education as possible. Right. And the burden, the burden of responsibility is on us as parents. Absolutely. But we may not always have the resources to provide that best in educational and where, experience. And that's where having the teachers and the resources at his, Expose <laughs> at their disposal. Yes, is um, one thing that is because we said we said last week that if the school decided to retain Matthew for the third grade, mm-hmm. we would homeschool him. Yes, we did. We do not want to hold him if back. If they in the hold third him grade. back, then we are home. We will. And even if we went with an individualized, you know, even if we we did something like K-12 and went with an individualized, you know, he might be on a third grade level for some things, but he might be on a higher level for other things, you know, and I like that it is very much um, individualized. And he talked about, you know, the assessment that the kids take as they're entering 
into the program and right. So, so, so a couple things. Number one, I saw the, you know, the, um, uh, K through eighth grade, um, the, the the tuition fees looks like it's about $5,000 a year approximately. Right. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was about $7,000 a year for, um, high school. school. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, those are, that's pricey, but it's, I mean, you know, it's education for your children, you know, so, um, the fact that it could be covered by the, you know, the school system, that is, that's definitely, you know, a, a thought worth looking into. Right. I'm looking here. Like, you know, what I meant to ask was if there was like a multi-child discount. <laughs> right. So I'm looking at like uh, third grade math. If I click here, uh, does it show me some pricing? So it says actual prices may be lower based upon discounts. So obviously there are some discounts, by the way. Uh, so here's third grade math, uh, monthly $29.95, independent prepay, $238, teacher supported $450. Okay. Uh, materials starting at $83 uh, and shipping could vary. Activation fee is zero to new students. Um, so continue pricing off. So, I mean, I mean, it's, I think it's, you know, pretty much in line with, you know, I, from what I remember from uh, homeschooling materials. Mm-hmm. I really like the idea of of having a teacher available. I do too. You know, and, I really and, do. And just saying, you know, hey, let's get on the phone. Let's ask about this because I don't have all the answers. Right. I don't. Right. You know, and and that was that was one of the biggest fears that I had in homeschooling. It's just like you know, I don't want to jip my kids out of chemistry because I, be, I'll just be honest with you, I I have very little interest in chemistry whatsoever. I didn't get that credit in high school. <laughs> So, I mean, it's like, there's no way I can, but what if, what if, seriously, I didn't, what if Matthew would, you know, get into science and, and it's like, listen, he, he gets into this and he's like full bore if he had a way of understanding the concepts. It's just not something I'm going to teach him. Right. So these, these were some of the concerns that I had personally with my own homeschooling. Yes. So anyway, um, you know, lots of things to discuss. Lots there. of things to discuss and to consider. Moving forward with our with our, our our kids' education. Absolutely. Hey, so here's the deal, folks. This, uh, again, we told you is a special episode of Family from the Heart. A little departure from our norm. Although, you know, we're always looking at the format of the show. And uh, this this episode, we, we just mentioned last week, you know, we talked about K-12. We've been sharing our own educational journey with our kids and stuff like that. And just somebody threw it out there. It's like, hey, Cliff, it'd be cool if you could get somebody from K-12, you know, to come on to Family from the Heart. And where are we at one week later? We're, we just we're, finished. We just finished talking to uh, Jeff, who happens to be the vice president of public relations for K-12. So, you know, here's here's what I'm telling you, folks. If you love, if you love Family from the Heart and you have ideas for topics and, and thoughts and discussions and interviews... Folks, I have the resources to get those. Um, you know, it's got to be obviously something that Stephanie and I are interested in and passionate right. about. But if it's a family issue and it's a family topic that applies to not only yourself, but us as well, obviously we're going to be interested in it. And as far as I'm concerned, don't you know, if, if you're thinking it's like, oh, well, I won't toss out that idea because that's just not likely to happen. That is just too far from the truth. I mean... You know, th- there's probably only about five or six people who are going to be very difficult to get on the show. Like getting the president of the United States may be a little bit difficult. Uh, getting Oprah onto the show might be a little difficult. 
and and you know maybe a couple other people that but short of those people i'm telling you any what is wrong with you nothing goodness gracious nothing. not that we would want those individuals on our show but i'm just saying that don't think that it's impossible just if you have an idea of a great interview i have a virtual assistant now that goes and and contacts these people and and makes I things happen i thought it happen. would take much longer than a no, week no no not at all i did i i so so we want to know who it is who is it that you want us to talk to what kind of things do you want us to talk about here on family from the heart i hope that today is just an example of just how dedicated and devoted i am to this show you know i i was sharing with stephanie the other day it's like you know moving forward with gspn we're coming close to the end of you know lost we you are know, which is what started everything in the world of podcasting for us and people ask us all the time what are you going to do when Lost is over? It's like, man, isn't it going to be horrible? And I'm like, well, you know, we're going to be sad because we're we're fans of that show. But no, it's not. I mean, what I plan on one day, there are about four or five podcasts that I produce, that we produce at gspn.tv that in my mind are the heart of what GSPN is. And Family from the Heart is a flagship show or, or and it may not always have gotten this attention, but it but moving forward, let's just put it this way. In ten years from now, in ten years from now, I want people at Focus on the Family and over at Family Life Today, I want those people to hear in casual conversation. It's like, gosh, I love you guys and focus on the family and, and family from the heart. It's it's great stuff. So we're serious about it. Give us a call, 859-795-4067. And until next time. Join Join the the community. community.